Please open your Bibles to Ruth again, Ruth chapter 1. It's a pleasure to preach last week and we get to continue in Ruth 1. If you can't find it um, in your, uh, the Bible in your pew before you, it's page 222, 222. When you have found your place, if you would stand so we can hear read the Word of God. Actually, for the reading, we're going to start uh, just a verse before at verse 6. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the fields of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she was with her two daughters-in-law, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go! Return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Have I yet sons in my womb, that they may become your husbands? Turn back, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, even if I should have a husband this night and should bear sons, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it is exceedingly bitter to me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. And she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, Do not urge me to leave you, but return from following you. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there will I be buried. May the Lord do so to me, and more also, if anything but death departs me from you. Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, and she said, no more. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your word. Lord, it is such a delight and such a privilege that we are to open your word now to hear from you. Lord, and that's not empty, that's not vain, because this is the power of God unto salvation. Lord, this is our hope. Lord, that your word meets with your spirit, and both of those come to us now that we might be drawn closer to you. Lord, we pray that that would happen. Help us to know you and know your love in a deeper way this morning. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Answering rejection with love. My mother-in-law is, uh, works for a Christian adoption agency. And her role at this agency is to make sure that people who adopt uh, children from hard places know what they're getting into. Because adoption is hard. Adoption is not making your life better, uh, making uh, your dreams come true. Adoption is about loving and giving and serving. 
Take this situation. There's a young girl who's had a hard life, who's already been through so much neglect and pain, been through this process so many times from home to home to home. But then there's this couple, and they want to be her forever parents. But what happens when this girl decides that these two people who love her actually have adopted her for the wrong reasons? They're not out to love her and to care for her, but they're only doing what they want. What happens when she feels hurt? And it brings it right back to her past. What happens when she realizes that these people who have adopted her have the same hints of sin that she has seen over and over in her life? Well, the next few interactions with her and her new parents would become more and more divisive until she's ready to tell them what she thinks. So often adoptive parents hear these exact words, I don't care about you. I was fine before you came along. I don't want to be a part of this family. I hate you. I'm never coming back. This is what my mother-in-law gets to prepare adoptive parents for. This is the kind of rejection And not just one conversation, but conversations over and over just like this that she needs to prepare parents for. Over and over hearing that this child and this new relationship, this child is not happy with. I don't know if any one of us could be prepared for that kind of rejection. I believe rejection is one of the most hurtful things you and I can ever experience. We were so uh, perfectly created for relationships and for community that when those relationships break apart, there is so much hurt and so much pain. Well, as we look again at Ruth this morning, we see a similar rejection and a response of love. Last week, if you were with us here, we saw the sin of Elimelech and Naomi. They lived for what they saw rather than living for the promises of God. They cared more about the greener lands in Moab than the covenant promises of God, so they left the land of of Bethlehem and came to Moab. But as they lived for only what they could see, they lost everything. But, as you remember, we saw the grace of God. God's light shining again. God visited His people in Bethlehem. God brought food again and brought bread there's this hope that, that, that maybe this story is turning around. Well, as we come to our text this morning, the first thing we need to understand is the heart of Naomi. We see in verse, verses uh, 7 through 9 that Naomi and her daughters are on their way to Judah. And Naomi begins the conversation asking them, no, don't come with me to Judah. Go back to Moab. As we see this goodbye speech from Naomi... It seems that she wants to have just a quick conversation. She says, go back to your mother's house. I'm, I'm not, I can't be your mother anymore. Go back to your mother's house. Go, go back to Moab. And she gives, her, she gives uh, her two daughters a twofold blessing as they leave. First, may the Lord uh, deal kindly with you. Just as you were kind, just as her daughters were kind to Naomi and Naomi's sons, may the Lord deal kindly with them. And then secondly, may, the, may they find rest. 
And the rest found it in, in finding new husbands. So Naomi says, goodbye, go back. The Lord will deal well with you. And the Lord, give them, give them husbands. Again, Naomi lives for what is sensible. What makes sense? Their husbands have died, and this is the easiest thing to do, to go back as if nothing has happened. Go back to Moab, to your mother's house. Go back, find husbands. You'll, you'll be fine. You are kind ladies. Just go back. Now, is this right or is this wrong? For Naomi to ask. Well, her proposal on the surface, is the easiest thing to do. But we don't know. Uh, It's the easiest thing to do, but we know that there are promises in the land of Judah. It's the easiest thing to do, but once we take our eyes off of the immediate situation and lift our eyes to see what the Lord would call us to, What would be better for Orpah and Ruth? Well, if we know and believe the promises of God, if we trust that God is for his people, that he is for blessing his people, that this is a special land for his people, then Judah is not a place of unknowns. It's not a scary place. It's only good. A good future. One of trusting God in a relationship with God and his people. So though Moab would be the easiest thing, it is not the best thing. Naomi still can't see the promises of God. Which is ironic because when she asks her daughters to leave, she uses specifically covenantal terms. She uses three key words in the covenant community. First, in verse 8, she uses the covenantal name of God. She says, uh, Yahweh, may Yahweh be with you. Second, she says that the kindness of Yahweh would go with them. The kindness, that is, that is the Hebrew word hesed, or steadfast love, the kindness of the Lord. And third, that they would find rest. Again, a, a special covenantal term. God speaking to his people, promising rest. So she tells them to go find the Lord, find his kindness, find rest, in a land rejecting God, opposed to God, in a land of no promise, of kindness, and no hope for rest. So it's hard to believe that Naomi is out for the ultimate good of her daughters. Over and over she tells them to go a place where there is no gospel hope. There is no Yahweh, there is no kindness, there is no hesed, and there is no rest. But not only that, there are three reasons we can be confident that Naomi is rejecting her daughters rather than loving them. The first thing is that separation in Scripture is never put in a positive light. Yes, we are to flee from the devil, but besides that, we are always to love, to be united, to be reconciled, to be brought back into a relationship. Secondly, We see Naomi being so persistent. She doesn't go just once to her daughters as a courtesy. No, she insists. Return, return, return. No, go away. She's not going to give up. This is what she wants. And she's going to continue trying as hard as she can until she gets what she wants. 
And then thirdly, when Ruth finishes, when Ruth finishes her beautiful pledge to Naomi, Naomi doesn't rejoice and thank her and give her a kiss on the cheek and hug her and embrace her. Instead, in verse 18, she just stops talking. Naomi's persistent, and then when she doesn't get her way, she gives Ruth the silent treatment. Well, what could be behind Naomi rejecting her daughters? I think that uh, she is so blind, and she can so easily push her daughters away because she's only thinking of herself. She's so busy thinking about herself that she can't see the consequences that will come upon these two ladies if they go back to Moab. She doesn't have the capacity to live in faith and in the promises of God and then to sacrificially serve and love because she's so busy looking out and thinking of herself. If we look uh, just a few verses past our text this morning, still in chapter 1, we see a couple of things that make me think that Naomi is rejecting her daughter's for the sake of her own reputation. Naomi knows that people are going to talk about her when she gets back to Bethlehem. That's exactly what happens in verse 19. Were those 10 plus years in Moab good? Does she come back with a nice tan, a beautiful smile, all these stories about how wonderful Moab was, or does she have to admit that it was a horrible mistake? Well, it's one thing to come back admitting that it was a horrible mistake by yourself. But with these two daughters-in-law from Moab, it makes it all the more embarrassing. Not only does she go to Moab, which during the time of the judges uh, was an enemy of God's people, but she surely does not want to bring her Moabite daughters back. Not only that, but in verse 20, Naomi is still bitter and angry with the Lord, even after Ruth has committed her loyalty to her. She can only think of herself. She can't see the Lord working. She can't see her daughters as being a blessing. They've become an embarrassment to her. They're enemies. They're reminders of the 10 plus years in Moab and how painful they were. They're a reminder of her sons and her husband who's dead. Her daughters have simply been reduced to embarrassments. Now, I don't think Naomi was acting in love. I think she was being selfish and faithless, but I don't think that she was actively trying to be only evil because sin is far messier than that. She was blind to what would have been ultimately good for her daughters. She was confused. She was still probably mourning the loss of her sons and husband. She was in so much pain and hurt. I don't think she was fully out to hate her daughters, but I don't think she loved them as she should have, and I think that she wrongly pushed her daughters away. You can feel the sting of a mother pushing her daughters away. But in the face of this rejection in verse 2 or verse 10, they both say, No, we don't want to go back to our mother's home. We don't want to go back to find a husband because 
we have found someone that we already love. Naomi and Orpah have found someone that they love and that they want to follow. They say, we want to be with you, Naomi. We want to be brought into your family. They want to be with her in a relationship with Naomi. But Naomi insists. She now tries in verses 11 through 13 to convince them that she has nothing to offer them. She has no prospect of being able to provide for them. She has no husband. She has no other boys. Even if she were to have a husband and were to get pregnant that night, she wouldn't expect her daughters to wait so long to be married. It's ridiculous, she's saying. She has nothing, and they have no hope and no future with Naomi. In verse 13 as well, Naomi Naomi tells them not only that she has nothing to offer them, but that she will only bring them more pain and suffering. In Naomi's mind, the Lord is only against her. He has taken everything from Naomi. She's been left bitter and empty. And she tells her daughters that if you stick with me, then the Lord will be against you as well. They will suffer because of their proximity to Naomi. Well, in this one speech in verses 11 through 13, Naomi says, turn back twice, and just outrightly says no once to her daughters. This repetition and this rejection works for Orpah. She sees, yes, it probably makes more sense for me to go back to Moab. It probably makes more sense for me to find a husband there. And she leaves. But Naomi's rejection does not work for Ruth. Naomi says she has nothing to offer. And Ruth responds so beautifully and gives Naomi a hug. In verse 14, Ruth clings to Naomi. And by this action, Ruth is saying, No, mother, you don't get it. It's not about what you offer to me. This isn't a transaction. You still don't understand. I want you. I just want you. Not what I can get from you. Not a husband, not anything else. I love you, and I want to follow you. For a second time, Ruth makes it plain that she does not need her biological mom. She doesn't need a future husband. She's not scared of Naomi. Instead, Ruth pursues Naomi, a relationship with her mother. She doesn't pursue the things of the world or a better life. She's found a friend. She's found a mother. So she clings to Naomi. And again, you feel uh, the hurt and the pain after Ruth clings to her. Naomi once again shows her rebellion and harshness. Again, she stiff-arms Ruth and shows her how determined she is to have Ruth leave her alone. In verse 15, she pushes again. Look, Orpah did it. She's going to be fine. She's going to have a great life. Go follow your sister-in-law, Orpah. And Naomi tries one last time using peer pressure to try to get Ruth to leave her alone. Faced again with this rejection, Ruth 
still does not give up. She doesn't give in. Ruth proves to be loyal. She proves to be committed to her mother-in-law. And she gives one of the most amazing speeches ever written down. In verse 16, it's Ruth's turn to talk. And instead of being condescending, instead of fighting back with anger and with hurt, Ruth pledges her love and her loyalty to Naomi. Ruth says, do not urge me to leave you or return from following you. She's saying, stop pushing me away. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going back home. I'm not leaving your side. For where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. I wonder if you have ever experienced this kind of love. Naomi says, go away. Go back to where you came from. I have nothing to offer you except for more disaster. See, your sister did it. Go. Follow her. And Ruth responds with one singular motive. I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back to what would be more comfortable or easier. I don't want to restart. All I want is a relationship with you. I want to be with you in your land, with your people, in life and in death. When Naomi began pushing her daughters away, Naomi used those three covenantal terms as she said farewell to her two daughters. She invokes the covenant name of the Lord. She says, uh, speaks of the kindness and the hesed of the Lord and says that they would find rest. Now, Naomi used those three covenant words in her goodbye speech, but those three covenant words had no meaning, and they were empty. Her telling her daughters to go back to Moab went against the Lord and his kindness and the rest that they would find in him. But Ruth wasn't blind like Naomi was. Ruth was not out for herself. Somehow, at some point in those 10 plus years in Moab, Ruth came to know this God, this Yahweh. She came to understand what kindness and hesed meant. She had a taste of what it meant to rest in the Lord. She doesn't want to go back to Moab. She doesn't want to go back like her sister does because she knows that there is only one true God and then that God is with his people in Judah. In chapter 2, verse 12, uh, Boaz specifically says to Ruth, he compliments her because Ruth has come under the wings of the God of Israel. But Boaz is saying, you have come here to find shelter in God. Right? Speaking of her faith. But not only that, in verse 17, Ruth now is the one who uses the covenantal name of God. Youth, or Ruth speaks of Yahweh. She believes. She sees and she shows the love that she has been shown to Naomi. What would, it like, what would it be like to have a friend like Ruth? 
All Naomi wanted was to get away, to leave her behind. And Ruth responds to this rejection with open arms. She hugs Naomi. She shows her kindness and loyalty just to Naomi, just to this relationship. Ruth embodies and lives out the gospel. She knows the loyalty and the love of the God of Israel, and she shows this loyalty to Naomi. But Ruth doesn't just stop there. In verse 17, Ruth, as she covenants herself to Naomi to love her and to be with her and to care for her, Ruth does one more thing. She adds this, May the Lord do so to me and more also, referring to death. So may the Lord kill me and more also, if anything, but death separates you from me. Ruth pledges her own life. I promise to be with you. I will never break that promise. But if I do, the Lord kill me. I hope this love and this loyalty that Ruth shows to Naomi, even in the face of this rejection and hurt, I hope that this love and this kindness moves you. I hope that this moves you, unlike Naomi, who isn't moved. She sees this love and this loyalty, and she just stops talking. The Lord is not done doing a work in the heart of Naomi. She still can't see. Well, what a love. What a loyalty in the face of rejection. And I hope this isn't new to you, and I don't expect it at all to be new to you. But all of the Old Testament, which is where we find Ruth, all of the Old Testament points forward to someone. All of the Old Testament is a discourse about a God who loves, a gracious God. The Old Testament speaks of this God and his loyalty and his kindness toward a people who don't deserve it, toward a people who keep messing up, who keep pushing back, who keep fighting, who keep rejecting. Over and over and over again in the Old Testament, the Lord comes and visits again with his love and his grace toward a people who don't deserve it at all. As Paul says in Colossians 1, we were all alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds. We were all born enemies of God. Without a work of the Spirit within our hearts, left to ourselves, we hated God, we rejected Him, we pushed Him away over and over and over again. And there are some here this morning who are still rejecting God like Naomi rejected Ruth. You hate God. You're still blind to his work and his providence. You're blind and unmoved to his love and the grace that he has shown you, specifically in the cross of Jesus Christ, to forgive his people and to bring them in. You're still blind, but like Ruth, God wants a relationship with you. He just wants your heart. Nothing that you can offer, He wants you. 
And our God comes to you again this morning, even after you have pushed him away so many times. He comes with his word. He has brought his spirit here this morning. He speaks to you again after you've rejected him so many times. Once again, he says to you, come, believe in me. Believe in the death of Jesus Christ. Believe that I love you and that I've redeemed you through the cross. Come and believe. Believe in this love. Because Jesus, for the sake of Naomi, for the sake of those who keep pushing him away, for the sake of you and I, this Jesus became a Ruth. He came down to earth to be despised and rejected, to be mocked, to be spat on, to be hated. He came to be a Ruth so that he could save you. He made a pledge and sealed that covenant with his own life because God loves you. Ruth's love is to point us to Christ. Her loyalty, her selflessness is to point us to our gracious Father. Our Father has put his Son on the cross that those who were his enemies might be his children. And even now, as God calls us, as he changes our hearts, as he draws us to himself, still, you and I are so easily blinded. You and I so easily get off track. You and I so easily continue to reject our Lord. But even in the midst of our continued rejection, if the Lord, if we have given our lives to Jesus Christ in, this, in spite of our continued rejection, our God is faithful and kind. For I'm sure that neither Death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, no powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you are a covenantal God, that you're a loyal God. That even in the midst of our hate, even as we have despised you, rejected you, pushed you away, yet, Lord, once again you come to us, you offer us salvation, and you tell us that because of the death of your Son on the cross, we are saved, we're brought into this relationship, and we will never be taken out. We thank you for your love for your loyalty. Lord, help us to believe it. Help us to see it. Help us to rest in it. Praise on Jesus' name. Amen.